The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue, you mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D-O-Double-G. And joining me tonight is the man behind the sound effects at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Cool. And watching from home at Matt Wang 97. Yeah. yeah. And we are the Chronicles. You can find us on our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. <laughs> Follow us on our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the Comic Book Chronicles podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and on the Codes of the Podcast Network by going to CSPN.us. Do it today. And while you're on CSPN, make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're on social media discussing comic books, use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron to join in the conversation. So this the book we are going to begin with this week is an oversized 50-pager ah. from Marvel Comics. And that is this. The Mighty Thor number 700. 700! Bam. That's right. Look at all those Thors. <laughs> all the Thors. All the Thors. This Bring back doors. Going to be real fun for the next week or two, month or two. Did you have the lenticular cover for that? I do. Nice. Oh, that's right. Because it's the uh, right the death of Captain Marvel. I think there's one in the folder, but it is, it's not going to play. So right. So in this story, we got the. Uh, various tale, tales of Thor's current, past, and future. 
right. The opening splash is a a, a great uh, you know a great one page by uh, the uh, inimitable Walt Simonson, and it's actually uh, you know a lead into uh, the unworthy Thor and what he's thinking about, um, and you know we are we are kind of dropped right into the next chapter in Jason Aaron's story of uh of uh uh you know the i guess the uh, the evo- not i guess not the evolution of but i guess the establishment establishment of what being worthy is all about because we start uh you know seeing what that means to thor and we also start seeing um i guess Aaron's version of um uh uh, the battle with Surtur from Simonson's story, which is, uh, I guess, we're reaching the uh, the crux of the the story of the War of the Nine Realms. So, uh, you know, we're definitely leading into that. One of the uh, establishing uh, premises of this book is about uh, uh, Malekith's forces, you know, striking uh, a blow against the forces of good, and, uh, and and doing something, doing at least a couple things that are fairly permanent. Or at least as permanent as they can be in comics. The only story that I wasn't too crazy about, surprisingly, was the current day story with uh, Jane Foster fighting She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. I guess they want to sort of mimic uh, old Thor versus Hulk stories of the past, but this time updated with being the Jane Foster version of Thor and She-Hulk. I thought it was uh I thought it was a way for uh you know for Aaron to set up you know the current status quo so that at least readers like Roddy Cat who's who are unfamiliar with um the entire run, you know, this has been going on for a while now, going all the way back to like the God Butcher stuff. You can pick up this issue and really get a sense of where the new Thor is right now, like the current Thor, Jane Foster, is. So I thought that was a nice way to establish that because we do talk about uh, Jane Foster's health issues uh, and how that's impacted by her becoming uh, Thor. So, you know, that was a nice uh, way to establish that. But, yeah, I think you're right in the sense that we needed to get at least um, a Thor versus Hulk type uh, um, uh, setup at some point. Uh, in Aaron's run before he finishes it up. I thought and, it was okay. You know, like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm totally on board with, uh, I haven't been keeping up with uh, the current Hulk. I understand now that I guess they're doing more of the, you know, she's blacking out, you know, and kind of going on a rampage thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that. I thought she was in more control the last I read that, you know, the last I read about, uh, 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 the current uh, Jennifer Walters Hulk. So now she little, kind of, from what I remember reading, she was kind of going through things, and uh, yeah, I need to catch up with that one also. But um, yeah, so not being up to date on that, I you know I was kind of I'm not confused, but just taken aback a little, like oh, so that's where this is now with that character. Yeah. All right. Well, but uh, but like I like I was saying earlier, like you know we kind of um. Uh, establishing a couple of like the uh, the opening salvos in uh, I guess this phase of the uh, the war. Um, we also see the uh, reemergence of I hit the spoiler bell. Spoiler bell, where are you? Oh, here we go. Uh, 
we see the reemergence of the War Thor, you know, who's prominently featured on this uh, cover. So we didn't think he was going to go away that easily, right? Uh, and I remember commenting back when, because I, I feel like he was de he debuted in one issue and then it was over with in, in by the third issue of that story arc. And then that was it. And I was like, whoa, that, that was kind of resolved very quickly. But nope. <laughs> exactly. He's back. That's exactly, that was exactly my thoughts. All, those are exactly my thoughts also. So, you know, I was like, oh, wait, uh, all of a sudden, there we go. Yeah. So that's cool. But as we saw at the end of the issue, he's got his hands full with the threat who kind of hovers in the background here on the cover. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's also, um, uh kind of a uh kind of a shout out to you know like i was saying earlier uh stories that go all the way back to the beginning of jason aaron's run with uh, uh gore the god butcher so you know you can familiarize with that stuff pretty quickly when you're reading this also there's a great uh cameo by spoiler alert again throg the frog the frog of thunder i thought that was hysterical now that I did see, I think it might have been in an article, but I'm like, okay, they're they're throwing them all out there. Yeah, it was a nice little. It, it, you know, what was cool about it is that it was a nice little uh, um, uh, guest spot that actually made a difference in the story. No beta ray bill. At some point, you know, he'll come back. He was in the uh, unworthy Thor mini, so maybe Thunderstrike alum. <laughs> uh, yeah, how, how come he didn't make the cover? Because I guess technically it wasn't a Thor; he was a Thunderstrike. This is true. Wait, is it? Was it? Is, it, is he still dead, or is he back alive again? I can't remember. I thought he died. Not sure. Definitely so, wasn't keeping up with it back then. Not sure. Not sure. Like that was a oh, and uh, just like sort of what's been the, the trend in comics over the last couple of years of having like a two-page or one-page spread. Uh, depicting future possible future events in the months to come. Right. So we got one of those scenes, which uh, show Jane Foster in her uh, weakened human state laying on the surface of the moon. Loki holding the infinity gauntlet with the stones in it. Yeah, that's a juicy one. Uh, uh, we saw a worthy Odinson Thor again. Right, with uh, some alterations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that way. Some colorful alterations. Yes. I liked it. I thought it looked cool. Uh, Namor, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, the Namor uh, appearance was out of the, bl uh, was out of the blue. Um, not surprising is an appearance by one Valkyrie. Yeah. Seeing her back. Yeah. With, especially with the movie coming out next week. Yeah, exactly. What a coincidence, right? Hmm. And let's see that. Is it next week? It's not next week. Next yep. week. What? It's next. Holy crap. No, wait, 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 wait. No, not next week. Two weeks from now. I'm getting yeah, that scare me, guys. Because no, we're going to do on the second. Or the, the, yeah, the Thursday on the second. Yeah, Thursday the second. So it's so, yeah. not next week, the week after next. Yeah, because we're not going into movie protocols yet, people. Let's <laughs> not scare everybody. <laughs> And I won't be here next Friday, by the way. 
Okay. So, but, uh, you know, like I said, we won't be going into movie protocols next week. So, nope. uh, we next, however, yes, that's going to be another issue entirely. So, um, just, I guess to put a wrap on this, I'm not going to spoil it because Roddy cat has not read it. I do not want to spoil all the stuff that happens in this, but I was saying earlier before the show started that I objected to, and obviously writers do this for shock value and, and, and to, you know, and to, and to really get at some of the readers who, who might care about a certain character. You know, something happens to one of these characters, to, to a long-time character. Not going to say who, but, you know, I, I, all I could say was, oh, come on, Aaron, why? You know? So. Matt Wayne was a fan of the first page, uh, Walt Summerson page. That was pretty awesome. I know Walt has tweeted it out before, but it was nice to see it in its glory, you know? Oh no, some goat curry over. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. <laughs> That's awful. That is awful. If you oh. fish that reference, then you're already been. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. There's a there's a there's a there's a spoiler in there for you. So Oh yes. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, no, big, big, big props to uh, Jason Aaron and to the entire art team that was on this book. Some of the art was a little, you know, um, a little offbeat for uh, the way Thor has been uh, looking lately. You know, the art's been re- uh, pretty tight with uh, Russell Dowderman. But, uh, you know, shout out to, to, to all the contributors on this. Uh, Walt Simonson, Matt Wilson, Russell Dowderman, Daniel Acuna, James Harron, Becky Cloonan. Uh, das Pastoris, Chris Burnham, Andrew McLean, uh, Jill Thompson, Mike Del Mundo, and Olivier Coipel. That's a long list. Yep. I got everyone in one breath. Cool. All right. Cool. So what else we all read? It doesn't look like I have too many books with uh, Roddy this week. Uh, let's see, bring up the list here. What's the other big book that kind of came out this week that ha- that probably had people thinking, or at least talking? You want to talk about Batman 33? Oh, I was just eyeing it. Yes, we can. Yeah, so let's talk about Batman 33 because, you know, this is in the wake of uh, kind of a bombshell announcement, uh, you know, in uh, in the Batman book. Something that I guess not everyone saw coming. Um, I thought it was going to be the classic twist. Uh, mild spoiler alert. I'm going to ring the bell just in case uh, people out there haven't been keeping up, but uh, I'll ring it. Because the title of this current story arc is The Rules of Engagement, uh, leading directly from the events of the last issue in which we find out uh, one Selena Kyle, Cat, a.k.a. Catwoman, has accepted the uh, marriage proposal of Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman and all that you would think would come from that kind of starts here in this issue. And we got to see the Batman nightmare outfit from Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. That was an interesting choice of visuals there. Was it also coming in what three weeks? Three, four weeks? Oh, tomorrow. Justice League. Justice League. Yeah, it's like two oh, that is next month, isn't it? Yeah, it's two weeks after uh, Thor. Actually, oh wow! That's 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 yeah. That's before. Not... Is it before Thanksgiving or the week before? Of... No, it's before. 
Yeah. Okay. It's before. It's like they're giving Thor like two weeks to breathe, and then they're gonna try to jump in. But they're not giving another show something uh, uh, room to breathe. But then again, you know, it is what it is. We'll get to that. Okay. Fun times. <laughs> so. Getting back to this issue of Batman number thirty-three, yeah. So the the, the nightmare uh, 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 costume setup from BVS does show up, and there's a reason why he's wearing it because he's in uh, uh, the desert of some fictional uh, Middle Eastern country, and uh, the reason that he's there becomes clearer at the end of the issue. Is that Kandak? Oh, it is. It is, but you know, I'm not all that familiar with my uh, with my uh, DC uh, map. So I figured desert conduct. It's kind of a I don't know, kind of a given. <laughs> you would think you shouldn't do that, but you know, hey, <laughs> gotcha. Expecting Black Adam to show up. So. Yeah. All right. So that being said, you know, like uh, the other kind of parallel story that's being told in this issue is the uh, the aftermath, I guess the fallout from the announcement or the reveal of uh, the marriage proposal to the rest of the Bat family, or at least the male Bat family. Wait, isn't isn't that the Bat family technically? <laughs> no, because, you know, there's... I, mean, I know, I know. You got exactly, like the male side of the Bat family. You know, I got to count like Batgirl and Batwoman in there too, so... But you figure immediate, you would think it's just the dude's... Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did enjoy Joella Jones's and Jordi Belair's art in this issue. My only critique with that, my only critique with that was with the scenes with uh, the Bat family where they were hard to differentiate from one another. You know, like yeah. when the first the, the first panel in uh, in the library when Alfred is talking to them, I was like, who's who? That was really my biggest problem with the art on this. Once they started to differentiate who was who by, you know, by describing the word balloons, then I, I could figure it out. But it was a little hard at first in some of those early panels to figure out who was there. Mm. Between the Batman family members? Yeah, yeah. Like when, out, when we're looking at them uh, around Alfred, I couldn't figure out who was who based on just on the art uh, as they were sitting there. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Batman has a type. No, I like the I forget the dog's name. Ace, uh, Ace, trying to Ace take hound. trying to take Jason's jacket. Sure, sure, and Duke Thomas being right in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Uh, I like that. Once I figured it out, uh, once I figured out who was who, and I kind of backtracked to the page where uh, the reveal is dropped on. Uh, uh, this part of the Bat family, I like that it was Damien who was like, "What the hell did you just say?" Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Damien has some good, uh, some good lines this week in this and another book he uh, was featured in. So you know, but uh, like I think it would have been far more funny if I didn't have to backtrack to that. That's why you know, that was, I guess my 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 criticism uh, of the art stems from that particular you know sequence that I had to deal with, but. Uh, so, you know, like I was saying earlier, we're dealing with the fallout and, uh, you know, the pacing is kind of Bendis-esque because we get to the end of the, we end, we get to the end of the issue and we find out why Batman is in Kandak. 
And spoiler alert, it's not Black Adam. Hmm. But it does make sense. I hate to say this. It does make sense if you think about uh, uh, the... um, the the uh, the new relationship, or I guess the the next step in the relationship that the uh, Batman has taken, that he may have to deal with someone from a desert setting. Bum bum bum. <laughs> so okay, here's the question because I was just looking at um, Tim's notes. Is Duke Thomas not? I get not technically considered a rapping, even though is I mean we know he's not. But he is name. not. He's not. Well, he's not. He's his own character. I know. Well, I know that, but no, I mean like his own identity. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. They even come out and say he that on the issue. He has yeah. not held the mantle of Robin, but or at least not officially. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. All right, so that those are the two. I, I thought those are kind of like the two big books that came out this week. All the other Marvel Legacy books aside, I thought these two were kind of the uh, the highlights of the week. Hmm. Well, Tim, since you kind of brought it up during that, you want to bring up the the reference you were referring to about um, the Super Smart? Yeah. I can do that as I switch to get the cover going. Where is it? Super Sons. There go. So Super Sons number nine. This is the uh, final part of the arc where John Kent and Damian Wayne were transported to another dimension to fight on this pl- living planet. And I did some research, and apparently, like, this character outs. So I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Or actually, the planet is, has a name I think that I can't pronounce. But the well, you can't. It's not ego, huh? Oh. No, it's not ego. It's like <laughs> y- y- Gardis, Gardis, Gardis with the Y at the beginning of it. Y G A R D D I S, I think. Let's see. Let's see. Let me see if I can pull this. But um, let me see. But, look at it. Go ahead. But um, and their character that can create things out of clay, Cracklow. I did some research. Apparently, he and some other characters that appeared in, I think, like the first part of this uh, story arc are part of a group called the Forgotten People, I think they were called. A bunch of, like, sort of lower than C-list villains that teamed up together. So they, uh, Robin and Superboy, also team up with these other two uh, clay-created superhero teen superheroes to try to save that plant uh, save the residents of the, pl- the planet and also to re- rehabilitate cracklow who is having like a ad- sort of a identity crisis going on and of course they're successful but they have to get sent back to their correct timeline or universe before they get stuck there but luckily they've left the universe in good hands because those two teen girls that they fought alongside with, they, they realize that they're not real girls. They're made of clay, but they've been inspired by Robin and Superboy to uh, lead the, uh, lead a new generation of young superheroes. It's like the final page is like 
of them uh, creating the Batman Robin symbol that you see on the cover there, sort of the same BVS sort of symbol. And then them standing in front of a group of like a whole bunch of group of kids dressed up as superheroes, ready to fight the good fight, uh, along with Cracklo, who also was inspired by the Boy Wonder and Boy of Steel. But there's this cool, funny moment when Robin's boy get back to their reality and they're um, at, I guess, the Kent farm and they're eating breakfast with Superman. And Clark realizes, Clark here is like a train derail somewhere. So he's like, he gets up to leave and he tasks Robin and Superboy with doing the dishes. <laughs> and of course, Damien's like, I don't do dishes. <laughs> Superman's like, in my house, you do. <laughs> and of course, he he flies away. Uh, There's so many like great one-liners. Oh, and uh, Superboy is great at uh, he he he's the more naive sort of good-natured positive member of Super Sons compared to Damien's more practical and of course uh, that's not a good word for him. I guess as you saw in his reply to Clark about he doesn't do dishes <laughs> as far as like sarcastic tone. Sure. But uh, Superboy has uh, he's gone down how to give in- inspirational speeches down pat <laughs> because he gives one like earlier in the issue and and Superboy references it later on. And he's like, he actually like compliments Superboy on it. So it was kind of like a cool moment. All right. So I love this, this series. I can't gush about it enough. Jorge <laughs> Jimenez. There's a couple of panels. I want to, uh, I need to do some screenshots of a couple of panels in here and share them online. One is the scene of, you know, I don't do dishes. Right. And there's like another one of like the th- uh, both of them sitting there at the table eating their breakfast. That's kind of fun and silly. But Super Sons is great. That's cool. I really do have to catch up on this book. Oh, I. Sorry. It's only nine. I, uh, what should we call it? I recommend it. Cool. Yeah, it's only nine issues in, so it won't be too hard to catch up. I was going to add that um, you're. You were uh, talking earlier about the 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 living planet, not ego. But um, <laughs> I think uh, Roddy was saying, you know, because as soon as he said it sounded like Yggdrasil, I guess it's Igardis. Igardis. Yeah. I am this planet, Igardis. You're not ego. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that uh, you know this is this, this book is still going in a in a good direction for you, and you know they're uh, they're a good pairing, you know Damien and this uh, this version of Superboy, you know. Yeah. So that is Super Sons number nine. All right. What else? Guess, since we're on the DC train, I can bring up a book. Go for it. As I'm trying to get off this Twitter business here. Um, Trinity, number 14. So, all right. 
I'm glad that you're still keeping up with this. Me too, because I'm mad I've fallen off of it. I mean, I, mean, I never really got on it, but you know, I'm glad that you're like constantly, uh, you know, reading it and talking about it. Yeah, I mean, so, like I said, it's not like the flagship book you would think it would be, or but it's be. a good, solid book that has the characters that you would want from, you know, or most of the characters. Or actually, I'm afraid that the characters you would probably want out of a out of a book of this type, right? But that. Um, and from DC, I guess if you want to go that far with it, but um, but it's solid. And the the thing I want to bring up first of all is like. I think last week we talked about the book, uh, I think it was Miss Marvel, talking about a book that, even with the change of artists, that it's still comparable to what it, you know, what it uh, starts off with. Right. And this book is, is similar. Like, um, actually, I think this week, no, it's the same writer as the, uh, it's not, it's not, um, it's the same writer as last week, but it's a different artist. Uh, Ken Martin, I believe is the artist. Uh, this week, which I think was not the artist from the last issue. I don't remember. Regardless, the, the artist is still cleaning that. But that being said, uh, we're still in the same storyline where um, you know, uh, was it? Dead Man and Zatanna got captured by Cersei and uh, Rachel Ghoul uh, over some Pandora pits and they're trying to get the trinity of uh, Batman Superman Wonder Woman to get dunked into the pit because they need it for some plan. Well, this week it all kind of comes out that um, it's kind of Cersei's big play and she kind of makes her move. Uh, Constantine was in the mix and doing this Constantine bit, which, which um, ended up in dead man taking over Superman and fighting uh, Batman and Superman. But uh, during the course of this issue, we, we see Cersei kind of stepping it up a bit by using um, Satana. And uh, Bat- well, Batman tries to go and see if he can get a scientific point on how to, to fix this whole thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the crux of the story being that uh, Cersei starts to basically plays her hand and we see what she's going after. And she makes... Um, some moves towards that that uh, may or may not pre- involve in a betrayal of Rachel Cole and um, you know recovery of her own soul. So, but yeah, like I said, it's um, the the book's pretty been solid and the art's been great on it. Like I said, you will see some of that um, when I get to posting some on CB Caps at, later on, but. Um, I think Trinity is kind of worth, still pretty much worth a look into. Like I said, if you if you like the characters, especially if you like them in as a more of a unit. Yes, I was going to say like a fam, family type unit. Actually, was the word I was going to use. Um, I think you will appreciate that. Like, but granted, this one is more action than than them showing off that parts, but you can still see them being like, you know, sure. Working, working with the other, like, like always. So, even though this is a different Superman than the original one that they that they knew, you know. So, gotcha. All right, it's, it's a good book. All right, so let's see. There's another. I I didn't really list this book, Roddy, on my list because I didn't read it very carefully. We may. I don't know if you wanted to do it in rapid fire or not, but I did read Doctor Strange number twenty uh six this week 
I mean, I could do it now, but yeah, I could. No, no, I was about to say, because if you were going to keep it for rapid fire, then I'll just jump in if there's something else you want to talk about. Yeah, because it was kind of the last one I read, and I was kind of. Okay. Kind of yeah, I skimmed it. Exactly. I was about to say, I wanted to see what you thought about it, but if you read it kind of uh, quickly as well, that in, that might kind of play into what I was going to say, too. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, before, yeah, before we started, I had already, I was halfway through it, and it was like, and while we were setting up, I was kind of, kind of flipping gotcha. through it. So I got the gist of it, but yeah. we can save that one for a rep it. Okay. Card. I can't um, enjoy it. I guess you want to do all new Guardians number 12? We can do that. Since Bessie both of us read it. We can do that. All right. So uh, yeah, there, this is uh, definitely an issue of transition um, in uh, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy storyline because, um, you know, uh, we're still dealing with, uh, I guess, the revamped search for the Infinity Stones uh, that we are used to calling gems now. Well, I mean, stones that we used to call gems. But uh, you know, the, still to me, damn it! Exactly, right. So the team's been split up, uh, you know, on on their uh, various quests um, on Earth for um, for is it the Soul Gem that they're looking for? Yes, and technically they want, I guess, all the gems, but I guess they're starting with the Soul. Exactly, because that's the one that Gamora has a particular interest in. Um, uh, you know, we find out, you know, who's, who's observing them from afar. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of uh, guest spots um, in the issue that reveal, you know, some of the characters who may be involved with this infinity stone business as well. And uh, we're introduced slowly, but surely to the um, idea that uh, they're going to be adding a member to, I, I guess an, an earthbound or, an, or usually an earthbound member to the uh, guardians roster. Yep. Yeah. We start with the, uh, you know, the I hate to say this, the the requisite uh Deadpool cameo. You know, I know there's fans out there and I know that he sells books, but you know. Yeah. I feel like this was kind of a retread though, because it's like, okay, and you probably just said this and I I blanked out, but like this is not the first time the Guardians have taken over earthbound member. Exactly. Yeah, it's their next earthbound. Yeah, that's how I refer to it. It's like it's their next earthbound uh Yes, at this point. Yeah. Well, wait, actually, second, because no, third. Well, I mean, fourth even, because think about Earthbound, because I mean, Iron Man. Well, yeah, no, I know, but so I, uh, but I count Captain Marvel to a certain extent because uh, while she's been space, you know, space based, she's no, I guess in the recent history, uh, she's been uh, kind of the uh, the the protector of Earth by uh, being stationed on that space station. Sure. And oh, yeah, uh, after that, uh, Agent Venom and Thing. Oh, that's right. But they were on at the same time, no? Uh, yes. Yeah. So okay. So then we're talking about a, you know we're adding another number to that then. Hmm. But yeah, Deadpool definitely was like the go automatic. Oh, he write Jerry Duggan writes Deadpool. Of course, Deadpool's gonna join. That's what I was <laughs> I like the swerve, swerve though. Did not that, see that it coming. That made sense. So, uh, kind of sad because I did read. I was the one reading the uh, the Ant Man uh, uh, solo book up until the end, and I'm just kind of uh, you know. Yeah, I did too. Oh, okay. So, um, 
I, you know, I guess you, you might mirror my feelings on this. I was kind of disappointed that, you know, I guess they're still doing a kind of like sad sack, uh, uh, Ant-Man, you know, kind of like, ah, oh, I can't get the, I can't get things right. I need to, you know, reassess and get you know, it's been going on for years, but yeah. it's just kind of worn. Yeah. I'm like, hey, we're still doing this. So, but I guess maybe this is where he quote unquote finds himself. <laughs> well, and also you got to think, uh, Ant-Man Wasp is at some point coming out, so I guess they want to keep that kind of. Yeah, because I guess he, I guess though he did play a role in Secret Empire, so he has been around still without a his own series, right? And I guess I'm going to assume he's going to be in an Infinity War, since everybody else is. Oh yeah. So right, and you know, they are act actually actively filming the Ant-Man and Wasp movie, so. Um. And all, and there's a nice uh, uh, guest spot in this from uh, uh, the character that I did not want to build in a six-inch action figure Marvel Legends form, but I ended up doing it anyway uh, with the Netflix um, Heroes set, the defend the, uh, that that particular set. Um, we're speaking of one uh, man thing, you know, the Guardian of the Nexus of Realities. I almost thought they were gonna do him instead. Once they saw, you know, oh yeah, and then, then the cool scenes. Uh, so they were seeing other dimensions, right? Yeah, that was kind of cool. Versions of the Guardians. It seemed like past and present and possible futures. Yeah, that was. But like, it was weird because like it was like past and presents mixed together. Yeah. So that would be Guardians of Nowhere then, because that was a book that that had that. Yeah, I mean, it was just like uh, you know, one of multiple realities. Like it was, there was just like a, a cool mix of some of these characters. Um, oh, remake those characters, then. Yeah, you got to take a look at it though. It, it like like Tim said, it was a nice, it was a nice scene. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm fiddling with my uh, windscreen, but uh, uh, finally, you know, the, there's a cliffhanger at the end of the book. Um, uh, that involves the revamped Novacore. Yeah, I'm not crazy about because they're like goons and because it's supposed to be more like the movie. I think what they're going to try to do is, I think the original Novacore uh, did have it uh, along these lines where not everyone, uh, I think only like the upper echelon dudes had access to the Nova Force. So you know, some of the lower level people, the scientists, the um, like the prison guards and all that stuff, they were, you know, in uniform, but they did not have access to the Nova force. So mm -hmm. I think that's actually pretty, uh, that that's, that's, uh, still pretty much Canon, you know, like old school Marvel, uh, continuity. So it's just the updating of that vision so that it's in accordance with the, uh, the look in the guardians movies. They're less lanterns and more GCPD. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, it's, you know, they're their own mix of the two because they do have, like, the super-powered, like, SWAT team-type guys. You know? You know, they're not, um, they're not, like, Green Lantern Corps people because all the Green Lantern Corps members have Green Lantern, have, have rings. Right. So. But, uh, but yeah, you know, that's the uh, cliffhanger ending, and, uh, I guess the next story arc is gonna be called Infinity Quest. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, 
some uh, some some teasers for uh, upcoming covers. Lots of Nova action in this, so I'm glad to see that uh, Jerry Duggan is uh, reincorporating the Nova Corps into the Marvel continuity. It's nice that he's had uh, uh, Richard Ryder in this uh, book as well. Mm. So. so they've been doing some cool stuff in this series uh, over the last couple of weeks or issues. Mm-hmm. I guess it ships bi-monthly, so bi-weekly, so I guess it's weeks. Uh, they just revealed that the Talon that stole some Negabands from the Guardians is actually Richard Ryder's brother. Right, that's a cool twist. Yeah. And then, like, I went back and read the other issue where he debuted to see, look for the, key, uh, the clues, and mm-hmm. there was one where uh, it's like they went, they uh, on t- the Talon's ship, there was the, re- the remains of a Denarian Nova helmet. And they right. specifically say it was a Denarian helmet. And in the issue, the flashback issue where we find out that Richard's brother is alive, he's, you know, they make sure to reference that he's a Denarian Nova. Right. So, con- kind of new to people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that was a nice little uh, 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 pickup of that thread that uh, that Rich's brother was out there. Mm-hmm. So it's all going to come to a head, as you said. Yep. All righty. So you know, it's funny. Uh, you were, just uh, before we move on, I know that uh, when we were at New York Comic Con, you mentioned that uh, the artist, the regular artist on this book, not the artist on this issue. But uh, the regular artist on this book, Aaron Cooter, was talking about how you know the book's just not performing as well as it has in the past, and I think uh, it's kind of going back to its comic book roots in a sense. You know, it's definitely reincorporating a lot of the uh, the the Marvel cosmic continuity as opposed to kind of going off into the movie stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, you know, kind of incorporating the movie stuff, like I was saying earlier, with the look of the. Uh, the uh, the updated uh, or the current uh, version of the Nova Corps. So you know, hopefully it'll get, hopefully it'll gain gain some traction because, you know, um, it's not one of the 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 last books I pick up, but you know, there's been times when it's uh, kind of towards the bottom of the pile. But I'm I'm liking the the this new direction. You know, obviously it's re-energized with the uh, with the jumpstart to uh, the storytelling because of the uh, Guardians movie and their new quest for the uh, Infinity Gems, I mean stones. So, um, you know, it, it, that that served as a, a little bit of a kickstart to their uh, their storyline. So it's, uh, you know, it's worth picking up, people. Take a look at it. All right, what else did you guys read? Um, I got one. Man, right? You read a lot, and there's just not anything I read really, except for Champions. You want to just touch on Champions real quick? Which you know what? Yeah, sure. That was what I'm going to, but let's do it. Because I thought that was all right. Um, all right. Yeah. See, I had a slightly different opinion because um, before we get into it, this is the uh, second issue of a uh, crossover between Champions and Avengers, uh, entitled "Worlds Collide." And the gist of the story is that the counter-Earth that's ruled by uh, the high evolutionary is uh, causing a disturbance in the Force. I mean, um, is, uh, is, uh, is uh, whatchamacallit, is uh, uh, causing an infinite crisis. Oh, no, I mean, 
it's uh, <laughs> it come back again. You know, there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of kind of parallels to uh, other stories in this. That's happening, and then <laughs> Avengers: No Surrender has been billed as like the Earth's exploding or something or another. It's a lot to keep up with. Like, part of me is kind of feeling like you remember that. Um, I think it was. It was either Infinity or the run-up to Secret Wars, one of the two. It was in, it's all a haze at this point, but when future Tony, well, it wasn't even a future Iron Man came back and they ended up merging two Earths for, yes. for whatever reason. Yes, 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 yes. Like, I immediately thought of that. I was like, please don't tell me they're, they're bringing that back up again because they totally didn't really do anything with that at the time. I really saw that. Yeah, that was like during, wasn't that like a precursor to Secret, no, to not Secret no, Wars. It might have been during Infinity or somewhere around there. I can't remember. It was it was definitely on the run up to uh, Secret Wars for, for certain, but I can't remember if it, was in, if it was in Infinity proper or like eight months. You know, it was probably one of those eight months. That's uh, I remember that where uh, they were like trying to defend the Earth from, um, whatchamacallit, from, was it something, was that a comet or something or something going to collide and they had to phase it in? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Oh my gosh! Well, call it a deep cut, man. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why I still have some of that stuff in my. But I guess it's starting to serve a purpose because some of it seems like it's coming back. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. But regardless of that, we we do see you know the the little split up teams of uh you know Avengers and and uh, champions, uh you know going to help out around in various places that it seem to be affected that that being the tireless beard buildings on earth type situations and they're all vibrating and you know causing causing issues for them but what we don't know what we did not know at the time is that it's part of a bigger plot which also lends us to why we think that it's so similar to stuff we have seen in the in the past right uh apparently the high evolution has got a got a plan for doing us something that he sent you know, some machinery and a minotaur looking thing to Earth. And yeah, we see a couple of Avengers disappear because they were exposed to the vibration in some kind of way, but they end up, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Hold on. Get this up there. Nope. I mean, that works. Ah. There we go. On counter Earth due to um, comics. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Comic book physics. Yes. So, and after, uh, which was weird because it was like, oh, like, so there was a part of the, the book where it was like the visions uh, were about to have a talk to the heart to heart. I'm like, this doesn't seem like the time for that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of one of the things that threw me off about this issue that, uh, uh, you know, it seemed like that particular interaction, you know, which just felt out of place and it took me, it, it, it caused me to suspend my disbelief for a little while. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you go, but if you think of it in the course of, well, this is the champion's book. And because of the fact that, you know, Viv vision specifically is in this book and all of the action being kind of headed up by the, the, the champions members of the, um, you know, of, of the various of the mini teams, you can kind of say, okay, well, we see why they put that, in here as opposed to you know avengers but at the same time it still right. seems like well that's that's kind of not the time for this you could have you could have that talk <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is something that has kind of come up within you know has 
within recent months being there was there's been tension between vision and viv you know yeah that's not out of the blue it's definitely not something that's out of the blue so right um, for what about reason because it's still even that part you know even though it's been kind of built up for months seems like that's kind of been mm-hmm. out of the blue in certain ways but during the course of them talking vision kind of says something like well i gotta talk to you because something's about to happen and whoops viv disappears Right before she says it, so clearly something's coming on the horizon coming up. Right, a um, couple <clears throat> couple things to, of note that struck me about this issue. Um, one, I thought that Umberto Ramos's art was on the rough side. Hmm. Did you notice that? Like, In a couple places, yeah, but I figured it was just you know, just the monthly rush. Though, yeah, maybe this was the issue that uh, uh, he had to do when he was like off at a new, at a con or something. So when it's near Comic Con issue time, maybe that'll be just the similarly similarly rushed. So perhaps, yeah, know. maybe this was drawn during San Diego. <laughs> so. You know, if, if if that had been said, I would not be surprised. But like I, said, I didn't, you know, yeah, it, it was. Like rough in spots, right? Yeah, it was definitely rough in spots, but it was like, okay, I didn't think it was like that out of the ordinary for his art, but I see where where you're saying where I can see I can see your point in this because yeah, I was like going back and looking at the rough spots, I'm like, huh, all right, could yeah. could have been a little more time on that, but it is what it is, exactly. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's the gist of the story. You know, uh, Roddy Cat uh, summarized it nicely. There's a couple of uh, points that moved the story along, but otherwise it was rather un- underwhelming. So I didn't really have much, you know, when I, when I finished this issue, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. So, you know, talk about underwhelmed, you know, and I've been kind of relying on this book to be kind of a fun read. And, and, and I've been disappointed by this crossover so far. I mean, and it, I mean, up until this point, it has been I mean, fun and also a bit poignant at times, but yeah. I mean, but it is a crossover, so some things tend to s- slide in a in the main j- the crux of the book of in, oh. of a book, I should say. Of course, of course. You know, some things are sacrificed for the, uh, you know, for the story. Mm-hmm. Which which is kind of a bummer, but at the same time, you know, yeah, it's a fact of life when it comes to these crossovers. So, mm-hmm. all right, all right. So, what's next, President Bartlett? Where are you? What's next? Let's get to the other team, actually. Uh, anybody read Secret Warriors by chance? Nay. No, no one. Not yet. Okay. Well, this is the end of that two-parter where Quirk goes after Deadpool. They have a confrontation. The rest of the team is trying to get back together because Inferno's uh, niece has been taken. Yes. Okay. Um, so he's trying to get the team back together to help him. But they got to track. But they're trying to track down Quake, um, who's like I said, going after Deadpool, who killed Coulson. Killed Coulson. Ooh. Yeah, really. Um, but hey, maybe he's in Tahiti. <laughs> um, exactly. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, outside of that, this was kind of a. They seemed like they kind of. Now, granted, it was it was always meant to be a two parter, and going into the next uh, arc, where I guess going into the Inferno story storyline. But even that being said, it seems a little bit rushed. But it's still kind of fun because there are some there's a couple of good moments between Moon Girl and Karnak. Okay, that that is that has always been fun in this book. Um, 
but like the, the majority of the issue is just you know Craig's going to the edge she wants to kill Deadpool because of because of XYZ and you know of course what ends up happening is she gets talked down from that while um, when another mitigating factor comes into play for a brief moment so she gets talked down from doing that and then it just kind of was like, well, you know, you didn't get your revenge, but you can help us. And then the book ends. I mean, and then the issue ends, which, like I said, is going into the um, the, the next arc of the story. So okay. even though it was meant to be a two two issue, even then it was still seems to be just a tad rushed. But like I said, it still had some fun, fun moments in it. I admit to not being up on Secret Warriors. <laughs> to go back and check this out mm. yeah say so secret wars has been another fun uh real fun read you know we've hyped it up a few different times in the in the past so but there are there are moments it, it definitely still has in that which is which is still cool but yeah, all right my secret warriors cool all right, right. making which is oh i, I would want to bring this up because not i'm not sure why to even bring it up but um they they make a note in the front of the book to say this takes place before Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number twenty three. I guess there's a reason for that. You would think, but Devil Dinosaur doesn't even show up in this issue. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the only reference to him is is, is a, a offline. I mean, I mean, just a, just kind of one offline from Moon Girl saying he's in timeout for something. Oh no, yeah. So. I'm not sure that you actually had to bring that up, but you know, it, it is what it is. So. All right. You guys want to get into rapid fire soon? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Cause it looks like Tim and I are going to run through kind of the same books. Um, Invincible Iron Man yeah, number. Left. Yeah. Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, I want to read this one. And so I'm in number 593. And this is another one I felt like I probably didn't have to, because I think I'm probably about three or four issues behind in this one. And I feel like I probably didn't, judging by a couple of preview pages that I've seen, didn't have to to read this. You didn't really miss much. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you kind of yeah. understand what the, what the premise of this issue is, is that the search, you know, spoiler alert, just in case. So this is the af- this is the immediate aftermath of uh, Friday saying Tony Stark is missing, and you know we kind of get into you know why you know the immediate aftermath of that and why uh, Friday is certain that uh, um, oh it isn't quite certain what's going on and there's conjecture between the higher ups at uh, at Stark, including Mary Jane Watson and um, the character that's been revealed as Tony Stark's biological mother, who is uh, also part of this book. And um, Victor Von Doom has uh, reappeared in this book. And uh, I guess his, his story arc as the, uh, uh, what were they calling him? The infamous Iron Man? Yes. Yeah. His story arc as the infamous Iron Man may be tying, uh, maybe uh, uh, arcing towards an end uh, in this, in these issues, upcoming issues. Which he's supposed to play a part in two and one, isn't, is he not? Well, Maybe not in these immediately upcoming issues, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, and when two and one comes up, 
Yeah, I'm just talking about like based on based on some of the uh, the the story beats that uh, that go on in this uh, in this issue. So, hmm. and um, you know, there's a couple of cool little flashback scenes, and there is one big spoiler moment. It is Neo coming out of the uh, the, the protein baths, right? Right, Tim. That's Neo, right? He's I guess you can call it that. <laughs> he's just free from the Matrix. <laughs> he's the one. So, you know, without spoiling too much, if you're familiar with that reference, you can kind of put two and two together. My question is, are we supposed to believe that that's like a clone body for, I guess, the person missing? Right. Part of me wondered, was it his brother Arno, who we haven't heard from in a while? Right. But that's obviously not clear. You mean back from the future? Or in the present? Yeah. Karen, Gil- Karen Gillan brought him back. Or that's right. Put, put him in the current con- continuity when he was riding Iron Man. That's right. Hmm. hmm. That's right. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but that is definitely a good point. Again. Teenage Iron Man. Think about it. <laughs> bring, bring, bring back that dumb mess. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that, that dumb mess did bring us one thing. If you go back, some of the really, really rough art on that, uh, on that uh, storyline was done by a uh, very young Jim Chung. True. Somebody brought up... Uh, was it Heroes Reborn? That, that, was, that was the case? What's that? Was that Heroes Reborn when that happened? Right before. Okay, because I was at my my, um, my comic shop and for some strange reason we brought up Heroes Reborn and I'm like, oh God, why? <laughs> that's what, you know, I mean, that's kind of like the, the storylines that were leading up to Heroes Reborn that kind of, uh, you know, kind of set the, uh, the, the, the ball rolling towards uh, handing off those books to uh, Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee. So, all right, so that's uh, Invincible Iron Man. We kind of teamed up on that, not really rapid firing it. Do you have anything else, Tim? No, I have a review that'll come out probably either this weekend or beginning of next week. Okay. Uh, for it. I actually right. t- turned it in before the show. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, jeez, Matt. Oh, God. Why? What is it? Thing. What is he doing now? Benderson saying that uh, we want Team Tony Stark back. <laughs> That is not true. That is not true at all. That is awful. Awful, <laughs> awful, awful. <laughs> There's no truth to that statement. Uh, so, um, well, oops, rapid fire. So, yeah, rapid fire. You want to go through yours? Uh, yeah. We'll do, I'll, I'll blow through mine. Let's see. Star Wars Corner, real quick. Uh, Star Wars Adventures number three. So again, all ages book. Uh, it's got two stories: one involving one um, stormtrooper Finn having a wacky adventure with some creature that they found on a um, on some planet they were above, and of course, this creature's a bit of an imp and runs around the place. They end up in Captain Phasma's shower for some reason, um, and Kylo Ren comes in. <laughs> Not comes in, but comes to the door. 
I was like, about to say, what kind of book is this? I thought this was all ages. No, all ages. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, you don't see anything. Like, you just see your shower running, you know, and her gear. But then Kylo Ren comes to the door to, to ask her something, and Finn kind of holds her off with the, with, the, with the helmet to the door. So I was like, okay, that's neat. You know, and then there was another, actually, there was a good bit where Kylo Ren was in talking to some folks. I, can't, I think it was like Hux and them. I don't remember. But and he was talking about there will be darkness, and then the imp, the, the little creature comes in and turns on off the lights. And I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> like the like whose idea of a joke is this? But like, it's basically, one of those like fans just chasing around this little creature, just getting in a lot of trouble, and then they end up, uh, you know, getting it back on the planet or whatever it could be after it causes some issues. Uh, and the second story is what seems to be a, a thing they're doing is uh, Tales from the Wild Space, um, which seems to have a message, message behind it. So it's this dude and his two droids, and then they start talking, and then they get into a, He starts telling a story, which has a message behind it. Uh, and the story is uh, was centered around Cassian and K2SO uh, ended up babysitting some baby Wookiees, none of which named Lumpy, by the way, I should oh. point that out. Um, but then, you know, you get into a little adventure where with, with uh, K2SO and the, the Wookieelings, you know, and of course, and, you know, while Cassie is off on, on a mission. So like I said, it is, it's pretty, pretty family friendly. Like if you, if you got a little kid that, that you want to give a Star Wars book to, that this is probably one to do. Um, looks like they're going to go into another uh, I guess that the front story will probably be some uh, looks like a start of a different arc next issue or something. But they've kind of been just, you know, I could think the first arc was uh, a Ray story, and then like they've got this one one and done Finn story, and then I think they're doing like Luke and Leia stuff with that. But it's all pretty much on all those lines. Um, let's see, Journey to Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma number four, which I believe is the last issue of this book. I thought this was a five-issue book, but apparently not. Okay. Um, so Phasma ends up um, finding the, tra- the, the quote-unquote traitor, uh, Revis, after starting this battle between this, these natives on this planet and you know their um, pursuers. She deals with him, and wow, did I misspell that word? Um, sorry. Looking at the show notes at the time that I'm saying this, you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, but you know that gets taken care of, and and the um, basically the, the 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 crux of this book is cleaning cleaning everything up to get to the point where she ends up in the Last Jedi because she ties up some loose ends and she is back with the First Order and she's talking to Hux about what happened and then the book ends that's pretty much that uh let's see where we're we gonna go from here oh you know that um i forgot about this uh, i was gonna talk about this earlier but let's see let's go to down the line uh future quest presents space ghost number three uh, so it's space ghost versus metallus and his crew who we find out are beings of energy after their um entrapment, I guess. Um, but the crux of it is, you know, 
there's a couple of fights. There's Metallus gets away. He's getting up on this planet where he was going to exact revenge. But uh, the events of uh, Future Quest happened before they before he got there, which Space Coast tried to tell him about. So he was denied his um, revenge, and poof goes Metallus. But out of it, uh, Space Team's Team Space Ghost get the materials they need to build new power bands, and those they have nine new pair of, of power bands. Uh, and blip saves goes Metallus. I'm sorry, Metallus. Yeah, <laughs> I said poof goes Metallus. <laughs> and blip saves the day twice, which is a shout out to third base. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, which is the thing that would happen in the old Space Ghost cartoons when uh, cartoons when the, the uh, when Jan and Jace would get in trouble and inevitably get captured. So that was that. Um, bu- 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 um, we'll back up to Catalyst Prime Superb number four. I'm actually liking uh, this. This um, like I've I've liked it. The this uh, whole Catalyst Prime universe for some odd reason I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but this one where this book potentially starts to open up where, because after the events of last issue, uh, one of the characters, Kayla, who we thought before, or who folks thought before this was not enhanced, which means they didn't have powers. Um, unfortunately has her powers get the, she, she gets, um, publicly brought out trying to save the other character, Jonah from being hit by a car which causes a big kerfuffle because the, the group Foresight, who is the kind of the big bad uh, in this universe, uh, is trying to trying to find kids to start a militia, although the top big bad, Lorena, doesn't know about this, apparently. So this is just going on in this book. But they, uh, Kayla and John Knight, with, along with this other character, go on the run because their families get captured by Foresight. Uh, Kayla's parents who works for Foresight did not know this stuff was happening. But um, like I said, once her, once she got identified and her, you know, uh, whatnot, then her parents and uh, Jonah's parents got captured, which prompts her to be, to go into action because all before now, she just wanted to kind of keep a low profile. But now she is, um, she's like, well, she can't let Foresight foresight to um, run around doing what they've been doing, especially since now her family's been captured and she suits up for the first time uh, as whatever plan goes into action they're going to do going forward. So now we get to that point. Um, this doesn't really tie into any of the other Catalyst Prime books, but nevertheless, like I said, it's been pretty good in this universe. It seems like it's all right so far. Next up, um, oh, that Optimus Prime, uh, tra- that transformation thing would, would have worked out perfectly for this because First Strike, Optimus Prime, number one, is what I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, this book takes place, like, nobody's reading this. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure no one on this, on this panel is reading this, but uh, First Strike is the crossover with all the Hasbro Universe books. Uh, it is the second one after Revolution, which I think I still need to go back to Revolution and try to figure out what in the world is going on with some of the stuff. Because in this issue, which takes place, which I did read First Strike number one, and this takes place around that time. So in First Strike number one, there is Cybertron is hosting humans because of 
things that happened in the past. And it's basically like a big peace summit type of situation. Uh, but in first strike, number one, that gets interrupted by, uh, I think, Cobra and Venom, who are basically like anti-Cybertronians uh, and have been building up towards that. Uh, but they have struck during this. And like I said, this issue of uh, Optimus Prime, the first strike Optimus Prime number one, kind of takes place around that. This Them kind of getting ready for that event. And then it leads into that event where things just pop- start popping off. And you see various um, various characters from other uh, Hasbro universe books, kind of you know doing doing their thing in this one. And I believe this also takes place after Revolution Revolutionary, which is the book that just ended may have just ended this past week or something like that. I can't remember, but basically that book kind of goes into this event and that book. And so, like I said, we found a bunch of various Hasbro property people in this uh, issue that centered around a book that's been out for probably a couple of weeks now. Not a, no, actually probably more than a couple of weeks at this point. Uh, and that was the, the gist of this one. Uh, what, what we do find out, or at least what I didn't find out, because like I said, revolutionaries, I, I, I revolutionary the first crossover. I didn't know too much about. We found out that Flint had, Flint's daughter is Marissa Fairborn, which if you know that name from Transformers, like that's weird. Um... And then, and there's also a human Cybertronian hybrid, some kind of way that seems to have the mind of uh, a guy that was from Action Team, which is basically GI Joe before GI Joe. I don't know how that happened, but that's all. That's somewhere that's been explained somewhere else. But if if any of that sounds any remotely fascinating to you which weirdly enough is starting to be for me you maybe we'll check out revolutionaries and fresh strike i don't know hasbro universe folks uh next up talked about that talked about that uh last two books titans 16 tim you didn't read this i didn't get to it yet okay i figured this was this would have been one you would have gotten to but so i won't without saying too much um after the event from from last issue a couple of things happened uh the fight the the titans are fighting the people that were around from them uh let's see but there's a reason for it because in this issue kind of saying hey this is a fight you've been fighting against for a while but you did not know it and um Trying to, you basically, you guys been stay, staving off a big bad person that, uh, you know, that's been aching to come out. And in this issue, that person ends up coming out because of you know, some the events that have happened in this book, which includes Karen Beecher uh, Duncan, aka Bumblebee, getting her memories back. But that opens a whole almost literal floodgate to have this big bad happen, and uh, we who we get to see at the end of this issue. But it's not who Omen who saw this was supposedly seeing this coming, and was told that this was coming. Uh, it is not the person that that she thought it was, or none of the Titans thought they were. And something bad happens to one of the team members, but that happened last issue, so. If you know what happened last issue, you, know, you kind of know what it is. We also got a guest appearance by Kid Flash, aka Black Wally West, for some reason. Um, that doesn't that hasn't become clear just yet. 
but that is that. Last book is the affirmation Doctor Strange number 26. So Doctor Strange and Zelma Stanton take a trip under Queens to um, apparently find dubstep or some magical items that because of um, some ancient tomb that's that that might be there. Uh, but it also ends up being a teaching lesson for, for one Zelma Staten, who's also a magical being at this point. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. Like I, said, I did kind of skim through the latter half of it. Right. But, I was dealt, I was dealt that same kind of hand where I skimmed a lot of this issue. Yeah. But luckily look, I had read like half of it before, before we started. So what I didn't realize, and actually you might say this is a tie to first strike Optimus prime number one. Uh, this issue was written by John Barber. Who's, who's, who's been writing the uh, transformers book for like, I think years now, something like that. So that was interesting to, um, actually, I'm not sure if he did wrote this first right book, but regardless, he has been writing transformers. So there was that, but like I said, it was seemingly a one and done story that seemed to be, that was also a teachable moment for Selma Staten. And that is that folks. All righty. So, uh, I'm, I'm up last on rapid fire. Forgot to queue up the guns. So here we go. Um, Astro City number 48. If you have not read the most recent issue of Astro City prior to this one, pick it up because this issue picks up directly from the events of the last issue by recounting the tales of one G-Dog. And it's a lot of fun. If you're a dog person, I know a lot of you are. I know at TimDog98 is. I I suggest reading this um, two-part story. It's pretty good. Let's see. Uh, Incredible Hulk, number 709. Greg Land, get away from books I read, please. Um, Please. Please. This is Amadeus Cho, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, doing his own version of Planet Hulk. Um, He is uh, transported back to Sakaar, um, pretty much of his own volition, not not by accident. And, uh, you know, things happen. And it's all very underwhelming because of uh, uh, Greg Land. Uh, you know, shout out to Greg Pock trying to tell a good story, but damn you, Greg Land. Um, moving on. Uh, let's see. Oh, the last book I've got then. Is, oh, no, two more. Spider Gwen number 25. I know that uh, some people, uh, just like uh, PCN underscore dirt, shout out to PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, um, are not fans of Robbie Rodriguez's art on Spider Gwen, but it's, I still think it's good. It is distracting in some parts, but it's kinetic. It's got a, its own style and it's consistent. He's still kind of adapting his style to, you know, I guess some of the, uh, the digital art um, uh, quirks that he can use now. Um, this issue is um, full on uh, the spider ver- the spider Gwen universe version of Venom, and uh, you know this is her Venom storyline, and it's really good. You know, it's actually you know really well written. You know, Jason Latour has got a, a, such a great handle on this character; he's got a great handle on the voice that that's what brings me back month after month. Um, it's not necessarily Roger- Robbie Rodriguez's art because, like I said, he's still sort of kind of working through a lot of the the things that you can do on um 
you know, through the digital art platform, you know, he, he sometimes gets a little too busy when it comes to his art. But at the, you know, at the end of the day, what brings me back to this is, you know, uh, the spider Gwen character. I'm actually uh, a fan of Latour's writing of her. So, um, I recommend, um, anyone who's even vaguely familiar with spider Gwen. And if you have familiarity with the venom storyline, uh, uh, in the OG Spider-Man, and you want to see how there's a, tw- you know, how Latour puts a twist on it, give this book a read. And finally, X-Men Gold number 14. Uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, Guggenheim's love letter to uh, the 90s X-Men. So uh, continued, this storyline involves Mojo, and involves Mojo, uh, um, you know, capturing this gold uh, X-Men team and putting them through various uh, virtual realities and putting them through um, storylines that mimic um, uh, storylines or scenes from storylines that we've uh, all come to know and love from the past of the X-Men. Everything from Inferno to Extinction Agenda to Avengers versus X-Men to uh, 90s X-Men to, uh, you know, there's a couple of great, great little, you know, callbacks to scenes um, in this and, you know, made me nostalgic. But if you do not have that nostalgia to fall back on, I don't know how entertaining this book's going to be. I kind of wonder about that, even if you do, because it basically feels like it's retreading everything, you know, it's basically retreading all of that old stuff. It's it's doing it in a different way, you know, because it, to me, I guess retreading is like literally telling like the same story just with like some minor tweaks. Here sure. is kind of like a greatest hits mashup. It's like here, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when this happened? So it's a little different. It's a trip yeah, down memory lane. I'm getting that, yeah. So you're right. Yeah, it's a trip down memory lane where you know you, you get a little nostalgic. But like I said, if you don't have this nostalgia to, to draw on, I guess I guess it's a it's a it's a means to get people to buy Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> So, I guess. so, but, like, why bring the X Men back if you're just gonna kind of just, yeah, hit the same beats, old stuff all the time? Which I think I don't think I was talking to my comic book guy. He was like, it wasn't the reason why he didn't like blue, but he, it's kind of saying something on that one. Yeah, so I that, mean, we've we, we've we've been very upfront about describing, and I think uh, Guggenheim has been very, very upfront about describing uh, X Men Gold as kind of like his love letter to eighties uh, and nineties X Men. So, um, you know, we knew what we were getting when 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 uh, you know when this book came out, and we're now uh, fourteen issues in, and uh, you know, it's definitely uh, running the same you know the, the running the same playlist. Hmm. Which is also kind of a, is kind of sad because if you remember that book uh, X Men ninety three, which was pretty a pretty direct, you know, continuation, yeah, yeah, of, of X Men ninety three the animated series. Um, I guess this is kind of taking the place of that in in a roundabout way, not necessarily the same way because like it's two different two different teams and hmm. sets of teams, whatever, but. I don't know. Weird. I was gonna say something about uh, Spider Man real quick because it's like I, I want to get back on that book because I, I think I fell behind because of that Spider Man crossover or something. It was something around that. Mm-hmm. But, it's worth it. It's uh, fun. You can even skip that. Yeah, I no, I you know me. I don't. That's not gonna happen. But I was gonna say about uh, Robert Rodriguez's art is like yeah, it's kind of been like that before he started messing with digital realistically because even back in the days of FPP, it was kind of kinetic as you said like that. I, you know, and but I think it, he's gotten a little even more, you know, over the top 
now that he's really putting uh, most of his heart into the Beatles. With his um, eye issues, I guess, also. Yeah. yeah, I think I what I was going to say is I think the digital helps with his eye issues because right. he can zoom in more, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and really work the fine line work. But it gets a little crazy because now he can do so much more, you know, mm-hmm. with, like, adjusting lines after he's drawn them. Yeah. So. But anyway. All right, so that's it. So I guess if we don't have anything else, uh, we can go into clicks of the week. I'm still deciding. Nah, I'm good. Mighty Thor 700. (laughs) (laughs) All righty then. Definitive. I'm good. Damn it, Jason Aaron. Mm. Damn it with the... the, I know there's still one more, but come on. I'm hinting at what happened. Come on, man. I sound like Ed Lover. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, son. That's what yeah. it was. There you go. It's okay. He got you. Uh, Actually, speaking of... Do you know stuff. yours, Roddy? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and do mine. Um, I'm actually despite kind of glancing over the last part of the book, I am actually going to give it to Dr. Strange number 26. Wow. Um, which, despite the glowing things I said about Trinity, you wouldn't think I would have. But That's um, what I was thinking. Yeah. but yeah. Super Sons, Mighty Thor. Super Sons, Mighty Thor. <laughs> I knew that's what Tim was thinking. I mean, you can go ahead and also have the hiccups now. I'm going to... I'm going to stick with Mighty Thor. There you go. Why not? There you go. Add re- time. All right. Yeah, I was about to say, while well, you go get some water, I'll yeah. get first ad of the night, and I'll try to go a little slower. So help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, etc., etc., or a Simonson omnibus, uh, Thor omnibus that I just picked up if you are watching on uh, my um, social media feeds. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment, a payment, that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And while we're waiting for Tim to come back, actually, I have a question. I could ask him um, when he comes back. Um, what is yeah. Matt Wang doing now? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, um, but I hear I would ask you and Alexa, I would ask Tim just when he gets back. But what comic shop or this is my question, not no one else's. What comic book shop or denigre geekery would you recommend to a geek friend that comes to visit visit you? Now, you're in New York, so you got a lot of options. I recognize that, but is there one you'd be like, Yo, dude, we got to go here? It could be comics, it could be toys, it could be both. Because I know a place like that, but when it comes to New York, 
you gotta go to the the, the main branch of Midtown. And I guess the number two place to visit would be Forbidden Planet. You know, not any of these places, but this is just a general question. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we're not, you know, we're not um, being paid to advertise for these. But in terms of, if you wanted to make your visit, you know, worthwhile, those are the places you want to visit because they have, I think, the broadest selection of uh, things that you would be interested in. Forbidden Planet has a nice way of displaying their wares, and I think that's what um, is a good feature. But if you're looking for something and um, it's uh, something of an exclusive, uh, you will have a much better chance of finding it at one of the three Midtown branches because if uh, the main Midtown doesn't have it, they can call to see if uh, their other two stores might have it. Right. So that's what I would recommend yeah, I guess there's a couple of places for me I could recommend. One of them I'm actually frequenting as a comic book store at this point, but uh, there's Heroes and Dragon, which just started getting back into the new comics. But they also have a pretty decent toy line of stuff, like the even old stuff. Um, like I found, although the stuff is kind of is loose and sometimes don't have all the parts, but you know, they have a pretty good even box sealed stuff uh, mm-hmm. that you can find. Sometimes, and uh, there's this other like board game shop that is called uh, Firefly Books and Games that uh, has a pretty decent like if if I knew people that had that kind of love of that kind of stuff, I'd be like, hey, go here, you might find something you like. But sure. for toy people, I'd probably be like, here's a dragon, check this out real quick. There's a couple of more comic book shops that I haven't been to, well, that I've been to in my. However, for you, Agent Seventy, if you were looking for a records shop, <laughs> yeah, right. There's a uh, there's this comic book shop that I that I also end up going to uh, called Quick Scratch and Spin, but they also has, has has a record shop in the back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is, is that's been like that for like years. I to, and I haven't like I would go there often off and on, but it's like I haven't up until recently. I hadn't been there in like good years. So. Gotcha. All righty. So I guess we have a question on that. Our news. <laughs> I was gonna ask him, but yeah, okay. Um, I already forget that it was a week ago that the New Mutants trailer was released. Mm-hmm. Oops, forgot to do this. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. I think what Roddy was getting at, just as I was hitting the uh, the news sound effect, was uh, w- did you have any recs for uh, if you, if there's someone visiting you uh, for uh, comic book stores and or toy stores? Yeah, like you know, some real geeky people that come come visit you. What would you recommend as a place to go? I don't have any. Like I know, and you just moved not too far long ago, so you probably wouldn't be the same as. Yeah, because I don't really. I went to a shop a couple of weeks ago just to kind of like look around again, but it's like a it's one of those like sporting goods slash comic book shops. So they got like one side is comics, other side is yeah. Sports paraf- college sporting paraphernalia because yeah. I live in the south and we're all about our college sports. That's <laughs> true. As another southerner, <laughs> which I don't mind. I don't actually mind. So right. Yeah, yeah I still. That's one. It's one of my regrets that I didn't. We didn't. That Tim and I didn't have time to hang out and just kind of literally just walk over to uh, uh, Midtown Comics and just take a look. You know, that like, would have been cool. That yeah. Made me think about that question. Yeah. You know, it's like we're already in Manhattan. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. 
All right. Anyway, getting back to the news, I played the sound effect already. But yeah, New Mutants trailer came out, and I didn't watch it. Still hadn't watched it, actually. Same. You're not missing anything. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. They don't have... It's a it's a comic book movie that doesn't use superhero costumes. They're oh, edgy. It's edgy. Yeah, they're going for a new. They're going for a horror spin on this one. It seems like. Well, I mean, if it's my understanding is that that they're using elements of an early New Mutant storyline called the Demon Bear, and right. that was a pretty good storyline, right? I don't know. I don't. I never read it. I mean, I read parts of it growing up, and I'm familiar with it. So that was my understanding that they were using that as a basis for the that's, movie. That's the one that keeps coming up when you talk about new mutants, which is weird. But... Sure. All right. Next up. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix enlists Avatar smoking aces cinematographer. Does this mean it's going to be good or bad? <laughs> hmm. hmm. Avatar was good. Smoking aces inside. No, nothing about. Actually, I've heard good things about Spoken Aces, but I've never watched it. I haven't. I should watch it. Uh, X-Men Storm actor promises faithful Dark Phoenix adaptation. This is the new Storm, right? This is the Storm from uh, Apocalypse, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool 2's Josh Brolin explains why he nearly passed on playing Cable. Because it's Thanos, damn it! No, I'm kidding. I know, right? I guess you can thank his wife for him taking a for for him looking at the the script. Uh, the short answer is uh, the ladies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have asked for their own Avengers movie. <laughs> Good for them. I mean, why not? You know, there's enough out there. Well, there's not enough out there, but no. But at the end of the day, they could do a force and incorporate and, and introduce some of the other ones. Yes, you know, or Orphans defenders. If you want to do that, I mean, right, yeah. right. But if they want to capitalize on uh, the cinematic side being Avengers and the TV Netflix side being Defenders, I think they want to keep it uh, keep the A as opposed to going Fearless Defenders. But if they do Fearless, def- you know, you know what I mean, as to avoid some of the confusion. Mm. So. I can think, really. Anyway, next. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want people to think like that, that deeply into it, right? That's a deep dive for a lot of people. Speaking yeah. of trailers, we had the new trailer for Black Panther, which was awesome. Wait, did I skip that? You did. At least as far as your tabs go. Oh damn it! How the hell did I do that? That's a gross oversight. Because yes, that was an awesome trailer. <laughs> No biggie. I sure did. It's a biggie to me, damn it. It was awesome. It was great, yeah. Oh, no one great. It was a great thing to see on uh on a Monday. Hmm. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Avengers 4 casting call suggests a death in the film is very likely. Stupid Yeah. Sure. Kind of, kind of, kind of, it's, it's been kind of said that there's going to be a death in, the, in one of these two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. <laughs> Avengers 4. Oh, yeah. So, just did that one. Yeah. Planet Hulk rumors subtly changed the ending of Age of Ultron. 
yeah, I've got a way. So Is that like somehow like you know casting off uh, the Hulk into some far off, you know, locale? Yeah, because I think if I remember Age of Ultron, he left in a Quinjet. Right. So, yeah, it was one other reason they scrapped something in 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 favor of that. All right. Paul Rudd goes on to run a new Ant Man and the Wasp. Autoplay. God damn it. <laughs> I heard I heard this music like autoplay. Say it again, Tim. Paul Rudd goes on to run a new Ant Man and the Wasp set set picks. Stop with the freaking autoplay videos, fights. God damn. Anyway. Yeah. Guardians 3 will help launch MCU's new story. Gun clarifies. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to, to, to read that James Gunn is going to have a pretty active hand with, uh, you know, uh, working with uh, Ke- Kevin Feige and crafting the direction of the next phase of the Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe. Yep. Which means some of your people you know and love probably won't be around because their contracts are up. <laughs> they just might be going in a different direction and well, they that, not no and they may not have full movies but they might have cameos and well, guest spots yeah speaking of which uh spider-man homecoming is out this week on uh, blu-ray oh i picked mine up yep same here. i'm debating where not where to get on blu-ray or i have like a 50 dollar credit on google play that i haven't used yet so should i buy it on that and give that movies anywhere a spin. I mean, is that's that hasn't started yet, has it? It has. I have it. I put all my stuff on it already. Well, because yeah, because I have the Disney anywhere, which is it still plays. Oh, I need to connect that other thing then. So, because if that's the case, I would say, well, well, yeah, I guess you could do the Google Play because then it would be definitely because uh, I still buy the Blu-rays and still get that, and it still goes to all the places it's going to go to, which is exactly. You can link it to everything now. Yeah, which is basically voodoo. Well, actually, all the, the all of the Disney movies already go to Google Play, right? And tunes and like voodoo or wherever. So yeah, that's I go ahead and buy it on Google Play and then sync it with some of the other random stuff. Exactly, it'll show up on iTunes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I didn't know uh, movies anywhere had started. I thought they were just thinking about doing it. It's pretty awesome. I, I I've been using it for a few days since uh, I picked up. Uh, uh, I also finally picked up the Wonder Woman Blu-ray, so being able to put all the stuff like that and stuff that used to be like ultraviolet is all together now. Yeah, so. It's great. That's why I love the, the Disney what Disney did with it. So I'm glad uh, other people caught up to it. Yeah, they finally made a deal. There's just a couple of studios that still haven't caught on. So some of the movies that are in my iTunes movie library aren't in my movies anywhere. It's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Um, Coming back from that mild tangent, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5 footage teases Guardians of the Galaxy Link. So I guess uh, they're, you know, since they're going into space, they're going to tease some uh, space-related links. Which makes sense because every every season has kind of tied to whatever movies come around, around it, mm-hmm. which I guess... You would think because it, this season is about to start in December, it, it would be Thor Ragnarok. But uh, I guess since Guardians was the last movie, there's that. And also, apparently, teasing the um, introduction, possibly teasing the introduction, introduction of Jack Flag. 
whom we saw early on in Captain America. Right. right. I remember they report. I remember you reported that. Mm-hmm. So, next, Marvel's The Punisher finally announces a release date. Finally, do you have a trailer news drop in there too? News news yeah. in there too. They finally dropped that as well. Finally, they wussed out because of the stupid, you know, that that awfulness in, in Vegas. But and guess what? It starts. It starts on Friday, November seventeenth, which, as we said earlier, is the same day as Justice League. Oh, that I didn't. I did not pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Which I jokingly oh. said it would it like you're not gonna like you don't have to choose on that one. You go to just you go see Justice League and. Well, no, you don't have to because you can still see Justice League in some places on that Thursday night. What is what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But even then, but like I said, like Justice is going to be like three hours pops. This will be here on Netflix, like whatever. So, yeah, you can pull that on your own anytime. But it also depends on which one you care about even more. So, so I guess honestly, I think the Punisher one might be more fun to watch. <laughs> you yeah, know, that may be. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So next up, I want to give Tim Dog a little bit of a break to uh, sip some more water. Um, Wonder Woman 2 is set to film in the summer of 2018. So Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins is set to uh, break new ground as uh, she brings the sequel to Wonder Woman to life. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is actually the case or not, but this is just a report. Okay. Uh, Titans, Anna Diop reveals behind-the-scenes look at Starfire. So if uh, you're watching on video, uh, Roddy Cat uh, has put up uh, 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 images from the uh, the article that he's referencing here, and um, it's basically showing so pre- yeah some of the uh, the visual effects process. Yeah, her doing mocap for for uh, for the show that she did that she um, she showed off in her tweet in a tweet. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. There you go. So, Titans, on more Titans news, Big Hero 6 actor cast as live action Beast Boy. The Titans live action TV series has cast Ryan Potter as uh, Gar Logan uh, in the Titans series. Ryan Potter is the actor who portrayed uh, Hero in uh, Big Hero 6. Um, by the way, if you haven't joined Movies Anywhere yet, I think, uh, and, and you're a Disney uh, Anywhere person, you get Big Hero 6 free. Right. That's awesome. I had thought about buying that like as recently as like two weeks ago. And the second I went to Movies Anywhere, I got that for free. I was like, well, that was a good decision. Which is weird because now I remember when I first signed up for Disney Anywhere, I believe that was the one they also gave up then. And that was like a couple of years ago. Oh, no, I got Monsters, Inc. for free. Okay. So okay. I, I did it a little later than that. So, right. So, but yeah, the so this Ryan Potter person who again played Hero in the Cure Six, um, was I think this is what oh, that's right. Some people, um, on Twitter wanted him to be the new Spider Man hmm. after he expressed interest, uh, um, last year or whatever the case may be. Um, but he now he's a beast boy and people are excited about that. Next oh. up, oh. Uh, Tim, you back in? You want me to keep going? You can keep going. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's fine by me. Actually, a Tim story, actually. 
Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> Adam West and William Shatner exchange banter in uh, Batman versus Two Face scene. So, um, in a clip from the uh, Batman versus Two Face movie, um, the animated movie, uh, uh, the late Adam West and uh, Burt Ward uh, have a pretty, uh, pretty funny scene with William Shatner playing Harvey Dent. Hmm. Which I believe it is. Uh, is it? Is it a scene that's not in the movie? Was it a? Is it a? Uh, what should we call it? Uh, Maybe in the movie. I can't remember. I thought. I thought it said in here. But either way, moving on. All right. Oh no. What's that? Nothing. Keep going. Autoplay. Oh. Report. Baby driver actress uh, Elsa Gonzalez tipped for Catwoman role in Gotham City Siren. Uh, playing the titular character of Selena Kyle, apparently. Ah. If, if this rumor is, is to be true, or if this report is to be true. I've not, not yet seen Baby Driver, so I can't really speak to that. I, as I said on Twitter, I, I, I think I might watch it this weekend, but I think it's just uh, the transporter for millennials. <laughs> All right. So The Flash, uh, the TV show, I guess, just introduced a major character from the Heroes comics canon. So, spoiler alert. So, yeah, this is the, the yeah, Flash just, the season four Flash just started and somebody just got introduced apparently. Oh, okay. I was, I was looking, I was like, oh, he didn't put in who it was. Yeah, that's just why I didn't put it in. Good. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Kwasa arrives in fantastic fashion. So uh, the article that Roddy Cat links to in our show notes contains major spoilers for Freak Show, the latest episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Which I just started. But Kwasa, for, for those who, who are interested, is Vixen's sister. Okay. I had no idea. Who also, show, who also showed up in the Vixen... Um, um, Animated? The, the, the Seed? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, DC Comics' Tracy 13 series is in development at the CW. So the CW is going to develop a TV adaptation of uh, the Tracy 13 character. Set to be produced by Elizabeth Banks, who is, uh, I guess, uh, branching out from uh, Pitch Perfect movies. Well, she, she definitely has <laughs> a little bit more production. Yeah, but Shout out to William Bruce West. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's she's been doing a lot more production and whatnot, because I think uh, this is... Didn't she have to do something she's in or it has something to do with behind the scenes also of that Power Rangers movie? I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Because she was, did she play a role in that? I believe she was Rita in that right. one. So then, yeah, I think she did also have a behind the scenes role in that too. I think, I believe right. you're correct. Alrighty. Uh, Jared Leto has confirmed that he's involved in Tron 3. Yay for, the PC and the I know, what, yay for Tron 3, boo for Jared Leto. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he won't be doing jokery things. Oh, we would hope not. Which he was also in that new Blade Runner movie, which also apparently didn't do all that well. I still want to kind of see it, though. I, you know what? I heard that it was good. I, th- But at the end of the day, it's a sequel how many years apart from its original. So really, unless you are um, familiar with it, you know, they, they can't expect like the huge blockbuster numbers that like an Avengers sequel is going to have. Come on, people. I, thought, I think they were trying. I want to think, given given that, and plus, think of how long after Tron, Tron Legacy came out and kind of did all right. But mm-hmm. I think they were kind of figuring, well, we could do it. 
and the original Blade Runner is already kind of dense. So how do you, you know coming off of that to make a new one is, is right. I mean, it's got it's right. It's definitely got it's not even a cult following, but a following because you know it's a cult following. Let's say that. Right. But ultimately, right. you know, like ultimately, like I said before, there's they're they're spaced so far apart that you just can't you can't help. Uh, I mean, you can't help that you know there's just not going to be that big uh, a fan base to tap into. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. All right, so moving on, uh, President Bartlett. What's next? So, what's next is uh, the logo for Solo, a Star Wars story, has been revealed. Yes, we finally get the actual name of it, which is Solo, a Star Wars story. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 Solo. And a tweet, which led to jokes upon jokes upon memes, apparently, on Twitter for, for a minute. But, you know, it just happens. All right. Why don't you start? <laughs> Vanessa Marshall compares final Star Wars Rebel season to Game of Thrones. Oh, am I going to get these references now? So the fourth and final season <laughs> of Star Wars Rebels premiered earlier this week with a two-part adventure hinting at the massive revelations the season will hold and the direction of the season is so dramatic that uh, Vanessa Marshall, who voices Harris and Dula compared the final season to uh, HBO's game of Thrones. Mm. And, and rebels has had his dramatic moments more than you would think it would. So I wouldn't be surprised if that it, it ends up being the case. Kind of sad that this show is going off the air, but you know, it's, it's had a pretty good run. Right. So it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous thing that I am uh, handling this section of the news because we've come to a story that is, you know, I didn't know about. I'm literally reading it as we're uh, going through the news this week. And uh, this is definitely news to me. And it's, and, and it's kind of uh, fortuitous that I'm the one taking care of this uh, news story. The legendary manga, Lone Wolf and Cub may get a new movie thanks to Fast and Furious director Justin Lin. So I'm going to read through like part of this to see what's going on. So rumors have been circling about uh, uh, you know updated Western adaptations of Kazuo Koiki and uh, Goseki Kojima's seminal manga epic Lone Wolf and Cub for years. Uh, the latest uh, attempt is now underway at Paramount with uh, some help from Fast and Furious and Star Trek Beyond's uh, director Justin Lin. So uh, I love this book, 28 volumes of mildly repetitive, but still very awesome samurai action. Um, I don't know how to feel about this because of the Justin Lin thing, but I would like to say, uh, may I interest you in the two early 80s uh, adaptations called uh, Shogun Assassin. I think yes. it's two, but these are the only two I have. Yes, they have. Uh, they also have Lone Wolf and Cub uh, um, that are titled Lone Wolf and Cub, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, movies that are out on DVD. I do have those. So, And I do have Shogun Assassin. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That so is- I would point you to those before this episode because the first one especially is quite sampled and quite good. Yes. Right, but it would be interesting to see a, uh, you know, kind of an updated version. You know, there'll probably be a lot of wire work you know, lots of people, lots of ninjas jumping around. I mean, we would hope, but I hope it's just not too Hollywoodized the word because you know Hollywood will fuck us. Well, yeah, I mean, you just hope that there aren't dirt bikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's you know, there won't be drifting. 
No sabotage playing in the background. He's going to fit it in somehow. He's going to fit it in somehow because, you know, that's just what's there. You know, I mean, granted, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of from uh, what you want to call it from um, uh, who rebooted Star Trek? J.J. Abrams. Yes, that, that came from the Abrams, uh, the first movie. So okay, the Kelvin timeline. But yes, yes, yes. yes. So. All right. So we're done with a cinematic, or is there anything in the news? Uh, actually, there's one more, which was on the other page, and I got that one up. Uh, get to know the big screen Barry Allen in new clip, new flash clip from Justice League. And that's pretty much it. It's, and it's from a featurette, which I guess is going to be probably end up being under the Blu-ray. Gotcha. So, cool. There you go. All right. So let's move on to the comics news. You want to tag team this? Sure. All right. So, uh, uh, we asked experts. So this is from Mike. Uh, they did, a, I guess a, they asked experts to grade Marvel comics, diversity efforts over the last three years. And people have said uh, they could do better, but the short story is they could do better, but they've been trying, especially, I think that is exactly what David F. Walker said. Now mm-hmm. I think about it. Uh, his quote here is like, I see them really trying hard. There's tons, but there's tons of room for improvement. So yeah, sure. And uh, the the uh, you know the you know some retailers I'm uh, friendly with mentioned that uh, uh, this uh, you know this uh, this part. Yeah, I think we talked about it. Didn't we talk about this about the New York Comic Con stuff? About the panel that they had, the retailer panel. Uh, I did on my solo one, but I don't remember if we talked about it last oh, week. Okay, so just very quickly, I you know I I, I spoke to some retailers who were at that. Uh, uh, panel at the New York Comic Con, the Thursday uh, retailer panel, and you know they confirmed pretty much everything that was going on, and uh, the re- some of the retailers that had really valid points about um, uh, some of the sales tactics and the quotas that they were imposing for uh, the variant covers were, you know, kind of doing a, a number on a lot of businesses. But then they went into, you know, ranting about um, the the social justice aspects, and you know they kind of went off the rails. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, when I did the solo episode, I kind of mentioned because there was some some uh, other view all for that. That it wasn't just that; it was they were also talking about the other things, like you just said. So, right. Uh, but moving right along. All right, so Marvel Legacy Week One sells out and gets second printings. Okay, so I guess last week's stuff. Uh, yeah, like Avengers Six Seven Two and all the Spirit of Vengeance, which actually is not bad. I, I remember talking about that. I haven't read it yet. I don't know. Right. Not much really happens on it, but it, it kicks stuff off. It, I'm curious to see what they do with it. Cool. All right. Uh, you're up next. Uh, stop. Coinage. Life well spent. Presented <laughs> by Guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, were just down and dirty. There'd be like four okay. or five comic books. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love particularly, it. And I, cause I have, I've, I've had to do that before. Cause that like, site like, even though I was y'all saw me cl- clicking the button, it wouldn't stop. Anyway, um, Jim Davis, aka the creator of Garfield, is writing a uh, story for Squirrel Girl. A drew a galactic story for uh, Squirrel Girl, to be exact. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, like a, it's, it's weird because I I was kind of surprised about that. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But it's also like, well, Squirrel Girl, so I guess that's a, a, a neater fit than anything. Right. So Galactus is probably going to hate Mondays. There you go. 
next up. Marvel Comics will reveal uh, Benicio Del Toro's, not Antonio Banderas, but Benicio Del Toro's Last Jedi character's backstory. That's a, a joke based on a Heineken commercial. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Benicio Del Toro sets a debut as uh, the enigmatic DJ in Star Wars The Last Jedi sequel. So, they're going to expand on that character's backstory in the Marvel Comics continuity. No surprise to surprise and nobody. Right. Oh, we should actually just we take this time to to because uh, to mention that uh, the rest of January's 2018 solicits are out, so that's where some of the stuff is coming from. Uh, next up, Joe Casada asks for help recovering stolen artwork. In uh, hey, don't let people stay at your house, even though you're well-meaning news. Apparently, um, 185 pieces of art was stolen from Joe Quesada's home last year, uh, and it sounds like it has to do with uh, a quote unquote a personal friend and contractor of him who was sitting with him who, after getting hurt, uh, doing some household repairs. Okay, um, that that Casada asked him to do, but then this person ended up squatting in the house and yeah. then dipping out but and uh, at the same time he dipped out as uh, a whole bunch of uh, art was missing and apparently there is a lead on the story at the bottom of this saying that um this person well basically if you know anything about it called the new jersey spot of new jersey police department and there was a lead that apparently this person was trying to to re-enter the country after after being in italy so that's sad news for Joe Casada, but I say actually, but is it is also listening? Hey, don't let just anybody stay at your house. Yeah, so, even if you did, they did. We're doing you a favor for a minute. What's next? Teen Titans Raven goes solo in Daughter of Darkness. So it's a twelve-part maxi series that's going to explore uh, uh, the current Raven. I'm not all that familiar with the, the current Raven, but that's cool. Yeah, so they, I think Raven had a mini serial. I guess what ended up being a re, re, uh, mini series either earlier this year or late last year. I can't remember. I'm th- I remember reading an issue of it, and now they're giving her another where she will. I'm not sure because I don't know how that book went. So, but it's been written by uh, Marv Wolfman. So there you go. Right, the character's co-creator. So that's pretty cool. Uh, next up, sad news. Uh, Lynn Wayne is it Wayne? Wayne, I think. Wayne, uh, final Swamp Thing story sees print in January. So, uh, yes, next January, Swamp Thing Winter Special number one will come out, and that is the last story that um, Lynn Wayne did before his uh passing fairly recently, uh, in September. Yes, so that being the last thing he wrote. This is isn't it still coming out. I believe it's a one shot. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's a one shot. Yeah, because I think uh, Tom King and Jason Fabok are doing something for it. Right. So look forward to or not look forward to that come January if mm-hmm. still bummed out by it. All right, so I get the fun stories. Actually, take these <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, I can combine this too. So Batman: The White Knight uh, a miniseries features the first ever joker and harley quinn sex scene so sean gordon murphy is uh delivering some never before seen footage or or at least telling the never before seen story of uh the joker and harley getting down 
and the uh, miniseries itself has been expanded to eight issues. The sex scene aside, this story seems more interesting than any Batman story of recent note for me. So I might want to check this out. It does seem kind of interesting. I need to still, I started the first issue and I haven't finished it yet, but definitely oh, it seems it, intriguing. It this week, did it? Or? No, it came out like three weeks ago. Did it? Yeah, oh, three shit. weeks. Oh, well, damn. It was before, okay. well before New York Comic Con, I think. Right. Okay, well, I'm slipping. Cool. Uh, next up, Flash War. First story details revealed. So, like you said, solicitations are out. And apparently there's an upcoming arc uh, called the Flash War that is uh, going to prelude in Flash Angle number one and run through Flash uh, 46 through 50. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. And looks like this arc is going to pit Barry Allen against the original Wally West, which... Um, given the events of this week's Titan, I guess, spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. Hold on. Spoiler alert. Gonna ring it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what it is, but I'm just saying if you've read Titan, would they negate this, this from happening, but hey. <clears throat> okay. Apparently the character's gonna be around, so there you go. Alrighty, so here's an interesting story. DC's gay playwright Snagglepuss returns for a new miniseries. So Hanna-Barbera's Pink Mountain Lion will star in Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss Chronicles, from writer Mark Russell, who's written Flintstones, and artist Mike Feenan, and debuts in January from DC Comics. Heavens to Murgatroyd. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have DC's Green Lantern Corps, Will Kneel Before Zod. In 2018, because solicits and sides going to be in um, Green Lanterns. Hell, put in the Green Lanterns for some reason. He skipped over one. Um, Jimmy, it was this old news. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Nope, totally, totally did. Exit Harley Quinn and a new creative team announced. So those two are leaving and incoming are Frank Thierry and artist Inaka Miranda, uh, starting issue number 35. Yeah, I got my links messed up on that one. That's okay. So um, you can take the next one. Oh, uh, it's a sad one. You want me to do this one? I'll do it. Um, yes, and other sad news. Um, during the recent uh, California wildfires, we found out that um, the home of Peanuts creator Charles Schultz has been destroyed. Um a lot of his work, right? A lot of his work had been preserved at a local museum, which did not go up in flames. But a but lot of the uh, stuff there. yeah, the personal stuff, the memorabilia stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sad news. That one hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So next. All right. So next, Samoa Joe makes his debut in the Boom Studios WWE Comics. Good for him. Yeah. Didn't. Apparently, so the the other step to become a writer is uh, become a wrestler mm. and express interest in writing comics because this happened, what, twice, three times already? Yeah, with uh, what you call it? Uh... Punk one. I know somebody else, but I'm probably I don't don't know and don't care. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Samoa Joe. Boom. Like literally. Boom. Ha! <laughs> G.I. Joe and Six Million Dollar Man team up in IDW crossover because IDW loves their crossovers. <sighs> anyway. 
I mean, you know, you had you had uh, the, the you had Bionic Woman and, uh, and Wonder Woman, which I still hadn't finished. Now that I think about it, GI Joe and and Six Million Dollar Man, not a big stretch. Yeah, that's really not to be which, honest. Um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't wasn't GI Joe poised to be a GI Joe member at one point, or at least they were going to do a figure for him? I'm maybe not sure that one, but I'm not sure. Next, all right. So Rugrats is going from Nicktoons to comics. Kaboom! I believe the first issue came out this week. Nice. Yep, sure did. So there you go. All you 90s kids and your Nickelodeon Rugrats, go for it. All right, we're in the home stretch now, people. That's probably up Tim's alley, but we don't know. Um, uh, Miss Classic Vertigo Stories, Shelly Bond promises a return with her Black Crown imprint at uh, IDW. So, yeah, she's got a new print and she's back with some stuff, which I believe, now that I think about it, this book has also came out. Uh, the um, Kid Labadi number one, yeah, just came out from that imprint this week. And uh, Black Crown Quarterly, which is, I think, is an anthology series, is coming out next week. So, if you are a fan of uh, Shadowbond and her work, go check that stuff out. All right. Uh, Stanley's Marvel cameo characters, Marvel Cinematic Universe cameo characters are all getting Funko Pops. Now that's some funny stuff. All right. Will we get the, the strip club DJ from Deadpool? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even thought of that one. Having just watched Deadpool again for some reason, or it was on for some reason recently, I just happened to be on that scene. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that happened. That's funny. Um, and, um I think last but not least. No, no, you got one more. You got one more. I got one more. Wait, one more. Um, Titans of Tomorrow are coming to DC's Rebirth. So, yeah, the Titans of Tomorrow are coming to um, Super Sons of Tomorrow, crossover between Superman and Super Sons, uh, which came out in the solicits. Uh, and I guess it looks like it's going to be starting in Superman 38, according to this, by um, the writers of the book. And last but not least, we find out in the Marvel current continuity of uh, Star Wars comic books, uh, droids can also find love. So apparently uh, it's revealed in the Poe Dameron comic that's ongoing at Marvel. I can't believe it's up to issue number 20. Um, That issue came out this week, and and, yeah, apparently uh, BB-8 and this other droid has a thing, might have a thing going on. That works. Sure. Good for them. (laughs) <laughs> and on that note we have reached the end of the news portion of the click nations comic book chronicles and we're going to read our last ad of the night before we wrap up uh our last ad of the night is for mycomicshop.com. today's podcast is sponsored by mycomicshop.com. go to cspn.us then click on the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page from there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store when you can order your books online? My Comic Shop through CSPN.us. Do it today. And make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDogg98 and at CBCron. 
Ruddy Cat is at Ruddy Cat and at News Nerds Need. And at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent 70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. And go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. So as I said, I'll be out next Friday. I'm sure the, the fellas will hold it down for me while I'm out. Got it. And then the week after that, more than likely all three of us will have seen Thor Ragnarok on the Thursday night. So we'll talk about it a little bit on the following Friday. It's crazy that it's coming up so fast. Right? I'm mad I got better seats for Thor Ragnarok than, than for Star Wars Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I've got tickets for neither. Oh, really? I got tickets, I got tickets for... Uh, Your chances oh. are probably better for, for Ragnarok at this point than um, than Last Jedi, right? Because I, well, I don't know about your theater, but with mine, uh, the seat I got was like right up front, and it was packed. It is packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the, the the Thor Ragnarok screening, the first Thor Ragnarok screening at 7 p.m. at the Lincoln Square IMAX 3D is uh, pretty much packed except for the front row, and I, I didn't want to sit there in the front row. So I got I haven't gotten my tickets yet. I got to talk to... Uh, in standard, which I'm mad I can't watch. I guess I could watch IMAX, but usually most IMAX is in 3D, and I can't do that, so... Gotcha. All righty. So I guess, uh, you know, you can do the outro, and I do have some music for the outro, too. Okay. We are the Comic Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace! With a list of complainers, I should have started rape. Rappers against phony entertainers, so we can make it known that. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr.